Yo, welcome to the first episode of the 10 Artist Commandments podcast. I have the pioneer with me today, and we're going to be talking about commandment number one, tell the truth. But I have the pioneer here that is revolutionizing independent artistry in the music business. And a lot of y'all are about to find out that he's going way beyond the music business and going into the tech world. This is big business himself, Mr. LaRussell. Is in the business. I mean, in the buildings. Yeah, in the business. What's in, going in the on? Too. Yeah, in the business. So, first and foremost, man, um, thank you, LaRussell, just for you know blessing the world with what you've been doing. But you know, blessing this book, man, you were actually you know pivotal to a lot of the conversation in the book. Um, and so, starting out with the very first commandment, tell the truth. Um, we actually started with one of your records. Um, dollar was it dollar to the rich? Yeah, Make sure I see, yeah. And like, and you really just broke down in there, like the the origin of some of some of the pains and some of the traumas of, of your life. As far as like, you know, I'll, I'll let people read the book to get the full description of it. But you really broke down things that people would consider, you know, things that people would be nervous to talk about. Like it's not like I, I wouldn't just easily bring up like so so. Right. <laughs> Let me let me read it. Let me read it just so just so people understand. You said, uh, you said, I, I, you know, I'm not a rapper, <laughs> but you said that shit. I got my addictions. To, I got my addictions too. But what judge another man? I could barely keep my dick in my motherfucking pants. That itself runs deep. I could barely fucking sleep. She was creeping in my sheets and I in my sheets and I never said a peep. Never had the will to speak. I was motherfucking weak. Man, I knew that shit was wrong. Thought about it all week. I should have had you read this. Then I, oh, then I was the, then I, then I, uh, then I thought it was Norm, even though we, even though we had a sneak. And I met the only route. We was on the same shit, man. This shit was really sick. We was belly fucking six. Noah had me fucked up because I'd be lusting over picks. Think about what I'm gonna do if I ever get the hit. Some bitch that I barely even met. Now we talk through text. Next week we probably meet and you know what's next. How the fuck I'm so numb to it. Breaking women's heart. Bill for a bit. Then tear that shit apart. I should have told you from the start I was a dog ass nigga. Fuck one, fuck again and never call ass nigga. Hey, it's different. <laughs> That's crazy. But but honestly, like listening to you talk about that or listening to you to you rap about that, most niggas is not going to talk about a girl <laughs> having sex with them because they 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 it's just like the same thing why niggas don't want to niggas don't want to cry in front of people because they feel like it makes right. them look weak you know what i mean so for like you to tell this story about how a girl did this to you that's that's vulnerability at its best and that's why you're where you are today because you tell real stories about your real life so so i guess just kicking it off what gave you the courage i don't <laughs> Uh, I don't think it was given to me. It was yeah. courage is something that's kind of cultivated within you. And um, I never really needed courage to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, it is honestly hasn't never been a courageous thing for me. Only the only time I can't be honest is when I'm trying to like preserve something that I may lose from being honest. And when it comes to rap, there's nothing I could lose from being honest. So it doesn't it doesn't take much courage. I'm I'm not I don't look at it like, oh, I'm telling the truth. I look at it as I'm sharing my story. 
You feel me? Like this is literally just my life, and, and and that's all it is. I'm sharing my life more than I'm sharing the truth. You feel me? Yeah. Well, see, you you said something because you said you don't have anything to lose. But my question to you is, what did you gain? Liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, like that song was the first time I spoke about a lot of those things. Um, and I remember, I remember after I made that project, I brought my parents in the garage and I played it for them. And I knew it would be their first time hearing about any of these experiences. And I remember after I finished, my dad was like crying and he just walked off and was like, it's personal. You feel me? And, but it, it was like, I needed that liberation from the shackles. It was having me in, you feel me? Like feeling like, Man, imagine having something to say your whole life and you just don't talk about it, but it's coming out through all of your actions. Like you're doing all this shit and it's a result of this thing, but you can't even talk about this thing, but you keep, you know, it's carrying out and playing out in your life still. Right. And and I don't think it begins to change until you acknowledge it, until you acknowledge that, that, that wound. You know what I mean? One of the major things that we talk about in the book is just like, People don't realize that sharing your story is not only a gift for the public, it's a gift for you. Because like you said, it's, it's liberating. You know what I mean? Like once you once you said it out loud, you know what I mean? It frees you. When people when people say you can't have it until you speak it, like people talk about speaking things into existence, well, you can't really free yourself till you acknowledge something. And so, man, so you got to be the freest nigga that alive. Type of, that type of shit is the only way you could um free other people like bro, yeah. it's an earthquake and once you go off you get aftershocks and other people but that shit only happens if you go off like man it's a chain reaction it's a chain reaction yeah. and it's so dope i've witnessed so many other men heal and gain liberation through me gaining it for myself yeah so so let me ask you this then since you've begun your your rap career, you've only ever spoken your your life. You like you don't rap about things that you haven't lived or you haven't seen. I had an I had an early phase of rap where what where it was it was it was it was irrationally uh, <laughs> false. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's perfect that that you had that experience because uh, again, where did it get you? Like obviously, obviously, right. you said you know what. This isn't this isn't take me where I want to go. So talk about that early experience. You know what's crazy though? Um, I've always been so talented that I could have made it far being a liar in rap. And and I think we wouldn't we see it all the time. Like, bro, you hear like fucking Lil Wayne's old verses, like, bro, we know this nigga didn't shoot that many niggas. He came in the game as a kid. You feel me? Like all know that but if you're talented you can still get far and that's where it comes to like your own moral compass are you willing to are you okay with with living that way and for me that's all it was it wasn't like i couldn't get far because i was lying i just couldn't get far internally because of it you know i didn't like i didn't like care it and it was just it's easier for me to rap now like you know i i fucking knock out songs like that and i can only do because I don't have to make shit up. I just have to talk about my day. But I will argue that if you are rapping about things that aren't relevant to your life, it's very hard to make a connection with real people. Like people, like when you told that story, you became instantly relatable. Was Lil Wayne the biggest artist in the world at one point? Oh yeah, he was the biggest artist in the world. And, and how no. many songs have you heard that you were like, man, 
<laughs> I relate to it, right? You feel <laughs> like that. You don't have many of those from there, but yeah, you you we still got that. So I think it definitely cultivates a different kind of fan base, though. Like, yeah. But I don't know, cause you know, but I would just say I, I would think influence. Yeah, but I would I would think that was a different time. Like who who is who is that today? Like what what person is just rapping to rap and is winning? I don't think that happens now because back then we weren't involved in people's lives. So we didn't, we didn't have social media when Lil Wayne was telling lies. We don't know if he telling us the truth or not. Now right. it's like, nigga, I see you. You ain't did none of that. <laughs> you know I mean? So like, right. I feel like it's a different time. Like now you gotta be, you gotta be who you say you are today. You know what I mean? That's not true though. You remember yeah. that little second interview that went viral when and they were yeah. talking about the series and he was like, I don't do none of that shit. But that's <laughs> a, a satire. That's like the Wayne's brothers though. Like they're successful for satire. So he he was making it more more of a joke than it was seriousness. You know what I mean? I, right. I, I think e either way it goes, I feel like to be fulfilled in life, you have to do it the way that you're doing. You have to tell the truth. If you want that fulfillment and that real connection, it's just like I could I could have a girl that's a girlfriend that I don't give a fuck about. You know what I mean? And keep her for I could marry her, keep her forever, or I could have this girl you know, that, in your heart, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, or I could have this girl that like I I done told my I done showed my true self to this girl and she loved me regardless for it. Right. And you know that that's the dope thing about like truth. Like once you yeah. finally once you finally live in it, it does. It's just it's a different kind of liberation that you can't access until you get to that yeah. space. You feel me? They say it takes ten thousand hours to master a field. Well, what do you call spending one hundred and fifty-seven thousand hours on one task? Breaking artists. Over my eighteen years, I've witnessed the music business change abruptly from year to year. Yet I see artists rise to stardom throughout every era no matter the landscape. Working directly with these success stories, I've noticed 10 principles that all these artists live by that have helped them conquer their errors. What are the characteristics? What are the traits? What are the practices of a successful artist? What does it take? 10 artist commandments. No matter the error, no matter the landscape, no matter the platform. If you wanna have a successful career as an artist, read this book. So, so let me ask you, what, what does music making look like for you today? You know what I mean? You're, you're already far ahead in this race of, of the music business. You know what I mean? You're one of the leaders of the music business. What does that creation look like for you now? Um, the same. That's what's like really dope about what we've done. My processes are still the same. The only difference now is like, I don't make music as much as I used to make music, but I yeah. also do because I make so much more than I used to in a smaller amount of time. So it's like, man, it's the same. I haven't changed my process. The way I shoot content is the same. The way yeah. everything we do is like, there's certain things that just works for me yeah. and that's what I would keep doing because that's what I enjoy. So my process is in the same. I listen to beats and I walk around the room or I listen to beats on a plane and or I sit yeah. with, you know, we'll be on tour and Simon will be cooking something, Tope will be cooking something. And for me, it's always the same. You know, I remember just our early conversation, you were saying the successes you've had, what you were able to do is just figure out how to multiply that. Like, okay, we got this far doing this. Now I'm a five exit. Now I'm a 10 exit. 
with, with where you are. Like right now, you're sitting in your compound, my nigga. <laughs> you're, you're sitting in your compound. So, so right. I, I don't think you you become what we, what I call rich rap yet. You know what I mean? Like fucking Jay Z and them niggas and stuff. Right. But but your conversation has had to have changed. I would think. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, of course, the music changed because I'm having different experiences. Right. Yeah. So it's like back then, if, if my deals was only a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, that's that's all I can speak about. And then right. once you get where your deal is a million, you get to speak different. And it's mm-hmm. like now I. I do live. I have a compound, so I'm no longer talking about oh, my mama crib. Well, AMS yeah. is a private, but I'm talking about the compound, too. So, you know, like the conversation just changed with the life. But yeah. me as a person, like. I'm the same nigga in this compound that you came and met in that backyard that day. You feel me? Like I've just, I've just been able to 10 X. And man, you, you did one of the most special things I've ever seen. And this again goes back to telling the truth. You turned the house that you grew up into, into a national treasure. You know what I mean? Like, but, but, but let me say this. Do you understand how, how many niggas would never say I live with, with my parents but you took that shit right. and flipped it on his head. Like, you know how special that is? So, so talk about that. Like, how, like what, what was the first inclination? Like, man, like, I should do something at home. Like, what, tell me the beginning origin of that. Man, that's that's always that's always been my wave, honestly. And, like, I, when I was a kid growing up, my we had the party house. So we used to always watch the fights and my parents would throw parties. My uncle used to do comedy in the backyard. And then as I grew older... When I like when I had all my first two three albums, I used to invite everybody to the crib to the garage and kill the lights and just play the album. So it's like my crib has always been that place that that like covenant for us to to be creative. And then um in 2021, I did a release party for Marlon Seven, and I did it in the backyard. We laid down turf and had canopies and shit, and it was a vibe. And that was like the inception. And then, you know, once I finally got to the point where I was dealing with a venue and it and they kind of pissed me off and rubbed me the wrong way, it was like, bro, you need to go back home. So to me, it was just like, nigga, this is where I prefer to be. And man, those first backyard shows was a completely different feeling too because I was still living at home. So it was like, nigga, I woke up here, I walked outside and went to the back and as big as here, like that shit different. I think that people don't realize that when you're starting in any business, you usually start at home, like uh, Amazon starting the garage, like all these play, all these billion dollar business start at home. And I know you're going to be at it. I think we're a few, if not seven years max away for you telling that billion dollar story of my, I, I started my business out my garage and now it's worth billion. So, so I mean, bro, every time I talk to you, every time I think about you, I want to congratulate you. Like this nigga is really. You know what I mean? Right. But, but talk talk about just working with what you have because that's what people people may not capture. It's like, okay, he built this this um venue inside of his house, but you know what that was? That was like I had to take what I had and, and make it work. You know what I mean? So talk like tell me tell me about that part of it where you was like, you know, this is my backyard, this is what I have. Like, what, what were you thinking? Just that. I mean, my pops has always been a nigga that just showed me how you can yeah. utilize what's around you and the people around you. And I just adopted that practice as I came up. Like, man, when I first started making music, you know, like I've I've always had like 
the lower end of gear. It's just like, you know, like how everybody saw, I had the microphone hanging in the closet. My first microphone was from the flea market and I thought I was making the best records ever. You know, like you, man, from Cool Edit Pro and Acid Pro, like recording. I didn't have Pro Tools and shit when I started. Like I really was figuring it the fuck out in every single way that I could. So you, that's just make no, cool. It sound like you ain't make no excuses. You feel me? It's like, bro, this is what I have, so this is what I'm going to use. You know, it's like, man, it's like if you out on the road and you got to take a shit and all you got in your car is fucking paper towel, whatever, and you ain't got to, then you're going to use whatever the fuck is there so you can wipe your ass. You feel right. me? That's how it is in life. But some people in life would be like, well, I'm not going to wipe my ass because I don't have the right kind of tissue. Right. <laughs> you feel me? But it's like, bro, you, you really have to that's all you can do. Yeah. Bro, that's all you can do, man. I remember my first merch, every everything I did from inception, like you could tell that I was just using what I had. <laughs> yeah. And it's a blessing to to see where it's come today. Cause again, right now, where you are. Tell tell me the vision for, for this compound. Man, it's uh gonna be the greatest artist wellness cultivation development center in the world. You feel me? Like yeah. Man, we it, I just I see it as a place where artists come and they leave a different artist than they came. Like, you know, the artists that we're helping, if they need a place to just stay for a few months so they can get the game and get the information and you got we got recreation. You can go play pickleball and hoop and when you're done, go press your own merch. We'll show you how to do that. And when you're done, go to the content room, shoot all your shit, go to the studio, lay your song, go to the computer lab, get your editing done. Go holla at Teach. I'm going to give you some mentorship. Go holla at me. That's what I think is the dopest thing about our shit. Because, you know, most, um, you know, the industry outsources everything to third parties, right? Like, when you need content, they'll send you to a genius or a major stage or whatever, right? And when you go to those platforms, you get content, but you don't get mentorship. Versus, like, here, when you send an artist to La Russell, and you know, you see the benefits of having, when you send an artist to La Russell, you're going to get way more than some content, some clips. Like, you're going to walk away with some game and some information or T helping you here. Like, you get so much more than just a piece of content. You know, I've been to all those platforms, and, you know, we walk away with our content. But when you send an artist here, they really get cultivated. We really water seeds. Man, and, and, and firsthand on that, because Manny Wells came out there to visit you. Yeah. So when he left, he called me with so many plays. Like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Like, like you literally like showed him the ropes and of exactly been seeing it too. Yeah, and you see him now. Now he's blessed. I mean, he's been doing well. And any anytime you have consistency, you're gonna grow. But a lot of the things that you told him, he implemented, and it's been working magically for him. I even see how he's been rolling out his haircut. And yeah, <laughs> like bro, I love that shit. I yeah, love that shit. like bro. We've laid an incredible blueprint for everyone, yeah. and we've been so not stingy with information. Like, man, right. when we was right together, that was like a dope time because we was both exchanging Thank a lot you. of information that benefited the people around us and not just our shit. Right. And, and even, even being in business with you changed my business structure because now all of the new businesses that, that I'm starting, I'm splitting the pie. Because uh -huh. it... I'm splitting the pot. Number one, because it's the right thing to do. But number two, it's a much better incentivized. You know what I mean? People work much harder when mm -hmm. they own a piece of something or when they when they get a share of something. And so just just that that time I spent with you 
literally changed the way I do business. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, man, like I always, I've done several interviews, and I always name you as the most influential person that I met. Um, I think it was twenty twenty one. I always name you as that because you literally influenced my business structure. You know what I mean? Um, and you're just such a happy and positive person. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're infectious. <laughs> man, it was dope too, cause like that was a dope period for all of us to learn. And you was always receptive. I remember yeah. the the funniest shit is the Bentley video, and I remember oh. we had that gumbo. My nigga said he saw that he ain't want to work with me no more. <laughs> right, and when we explained it, like you were always receptive to information. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, some niggas like fight information and shit. Like they yeah. don't want to hear that, but it's like. It was dope to just have that process of exchanging gems yeah. and being able to communicate that shit. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I I remember you called, but you you well, it was after we had started working. You was like, man, I remember I saw that Bentley video. I was like, nah, he ain't. But 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 I always I always understand. I'm always willing to learn and and, and vice versa. That's that's why we worked so well together because we were open books. You know what I mean? And now here we are promoting our books. You know, and so, uh, and so I love that. I, I love that, man. Um. So I don't know if you get an often chance to talk about this, so I want to give you the opportunity, but you are you are heavy into creating your own tech. You know what I mean? And and I and I always like I, I run a family business. Like me and my family, we all started and invest in our businesses together. So like anytime something new comes up, we put the money in together as a family, right? And I and I was and I and I was explaining to them that whatever we start is is great. You know, we can sell product, we can do et cetera, and we can run that up. But the only, well, not the only way, the best way to become billion dollar evaluations is there has to be technology involved. You know what I mean? And so I always stress that when we're looking at these new businesses, like how can we implement our own tech into it? And my man, LaRussell, <laughs> so, so talk, talk about the tech side. Man, um, technology for me is a tool. Yeah. Like my, my only interest in technology is if I can utilize it as a tool to complete my vision. And yeah. that's like with even been accommodating with even and with yeah. what's TVA. Like those are, man, those are two prized yeah. things. Like I'm very proud that I helped build these things. Like when I see even a like, man, even is La Russell's blueprint and you see yeah. it everywhere, the pitch, yeah. everything, you know, and that's a, a really beautiful thing to know, like, bruh, we created yeah. something that allows other people to eat. And that's always right. been my thing. I'm like, nigga, if it works for me, I know it'll work for every everybody else. We just have to build the infrastructure around it. So for me, tech is always just a tool. A like tool. I, I, it's just something you use to execute the vision. And so I did I did an interview with Eric Bellinger, who also helped be a part of the book. And so he yep. spoke on, he spoke on even and he spoke on you. He was like, man, like what I love about La Russell is not only did he lay out the blueprint, he wasn't stingy with it. He said, I want y'all to do this too. Cause he was like, most people saw you, saw what you did with even and saw those sales and was scared to follow it behind you. Cause they didn't want you to point back and be like, oh, you doing my shit. But he was like, well, La Russell, La Russell was like, help, please everybody come see, watch what I'm doing, do this as well. And so that, that's, that's amazing. Like, you know, Really, we this this whole this whole podcast right now is supposed to be about telling the truth. But honestly, every time I speak to you, it's like people need to understand how great a human being you are, and and your success comes yeah. from being a, a great human being. Um, but your your music, it is to the core. It's it's just the truth. You're you're not shy about anything you're saying, and people love you for that. And 
and you are a great person, but even the people who, who I, I'm not saying that they're not great people, but even the people who have eccentric character, characters like, like Cardi B. Cardi B is a, a wild character, but she's unapologetic about it. And that's right. how she built that fan base. And so people have to understand no matter who you are, as long as you like you, you're being yourself, you can go very far. And so I think all artistry should start with that vulnerability. Right. And you know, what's crazy when uh, people go into being an artist, they always go in the opposite direction of that. Like it's always like, okay, let me create this character, this world, or develop this thing. Let me try to sound like it's. It's always like you never go into it like, man. Let me be me and figure out how I could do that. But it's like, man, the more people see that shit, the more that they will try. Like you could. What's so dope about art is like it don't matter how mundane you think your life is. If you could make it palatable, where I got a song called Yoga in the Morning, and I ain't talking about shit, but my day, picking up my daughter from school and. And you know, and it's like niggas rap that shit. Like, bro, it's cool to be you. Yeah, your, your art is supposed to be an expression of you. You know what I mean? That's what art is supposed to be. And so, if you go into it, you know, expressing anything other than that, I feel like you won't gain those genuine fans that you need. Because, to, especially in, t- in today's world, today's world is about thanks to people like you finding real supporters. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a superstar or megastar and have megastar followers to make real right. money. And you know, what truth What truth does is it makes people like you more than your product. And that's the only way you could build a sustainable base is if people love you, right? Because like your product, product will always have deviation. But when once someone is like, no, I fuck with... Like, bro, the fact that I don't do... I don't tour based on an album like every other artist, right? So if you come see me live, you have no idea what the fuck you're going to hear. And people still come because they just like, I fuck with Russell, so it don't matter what you perform, it don't matter what you're doing, I'm showing up. And you can only build that with with your truth. 